Welcome back. It's Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to fill you guys in on what is in the books already the first week of Chiefs training camp. A lot of things upcoming that we're going to see this week as they get back into the heavier part of training camp, putting pads on, et cetera, et cetera. We have a great show for you, and we're going to get into it coming up next. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. I hope a lot of you got to see some Chiefs training camp. I know it rained out there a little bit. Before I move on, remember, we are brought to you by Peacock and Williamson. You can check them out on their own feed. Everything around the NFL from Peacock and Williamson. I was uh, pretty happy that I wasn't out in the rain the other day like Mitch Holthus and uh, Matt Moten were, but, yeah. uh, you know, other than that. No, I get that, and it makes a lot of sense. I am actually a little sad I'm not going to be going to training camp this year, I don't think. Uh, but as you can see, it's still – my studio is still changing, so we will see how this is all going to work out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You can see the, the little incremental changes as we go along, and it sounds better. It's looking better. It's going to be fun. I actually will make it out to the last week of training camp. So if y'all are out there, feel free to stop by. I'll be on the hill, uh, as I always am. And I'm looking Chill, to- there's multiple now. Oh, I forgot there is. Uh, I'll be at the corner of the main hill via the VIP tent. So <clears throat> that is my by favorite. By the media. Part. Yep. Makes sense. Um, I, there's a lot that I'm looking forward to seeing when I get up there. But there's been a lot that went on this first week, especially the last couple of days. Um, the first thing that really stood out to me, and you tell me, what, what, what's the big thing to you right now? I think they're running different things that they didn't run in the previous years. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that's the thing that sticks out to me. And I know one of the things we want to talk about later in the show is Niang, and we will get into it, probably a full segment on him. Uh, but, you know, the guard, the guard tackle counter, uh, that's going to be different this year than it was in the past. And I think that's actually going to help them basically expand their offense and help them in the long passing game eventually as well. Because when you are able to run those types of plays for short yardage, that gives you the option of having different looks and giving you different things you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you guys didn't see that, it's on my timeline for sure. Um, Nate Tice actually grabbed it while he was out there, I guess. Um, Very interesting play because you have not seen them run. A, a guard tackle, both pull, even when they ran power a couple of years ago with uh, with LDT and uh, and Mitch Morse, they didn't pull both of them, cross the formation and lead through. So that is definitely more of uh, a sign of embracing the power scheme, even more so than just dabbling it when you want to be able to use it when you need to. The important thing is I don't think that was the biggest part of, of what we're seeing there. We're seeing some drive off the ball from the center and guard combo with the rookies. And like you said, we'll talk about what's going to go on at right tackle here coming up later. But I thought overall, combining that with the counter footwork out of the uh, back is something that I've been wanting more of for the last couple of seasons. Together with that, between running more power and running an actual wing formation more, where the uh, I understand that not only Noah Gray, but Michael Burton is lining up, not as a true fullback, but both of them attached like wings, like true H's. So they're back off the line of scrimmage. They're a little bit outside of the last guy on the line. And I think that is going to be advantageous as well, particularly for pulling, but for wham blocks inside, for those little inside pitches that we saw Patrick do last year. I'm really intrigued with the motion in front of the tailbacks at this point. 
you know, you have that, and then you also have Fortson catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. And maybe I'm reading too much into that, but we saw a couple of plays, and, and we've heard Fortson's had great days at camp. Mm-hmm. And if he's practicing with the first team, that to me tells me that he has an opportunity to make this team at some point. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. From what I understand from Matt Derrick, um, we talked to him on Sunday night as well, and he thinks that it's really going to come down to the blocking, that Jody is showing the ability in the pass game that you would expect from a guy who used to be wide receiver, um, and they are encouraged by that, but it's whether he continues to develop as a blocker that Matt thinks is going to make the difference. For me, I, I know they have to have somebody that can block, but there's always the option to bring in the additional offensive linemen you know, I mean, well, that's I mean, true. Honestly, I think that that's really what's going to play into this. If they want to keep Burton on this roster, and I'm not saying I, I want them to get rid of Blake Bell, but if it's a choice between Blake Bell and and Jody Fortson, and they think that they can use Burton in the blocking situations, I think Fortson gives them more in a passing situation. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's a lot more valuable than having a, a tight end that can block because you can put Burton in there. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're going to align Noah Gray up there intending him to block. If you guys missed my breakdown on RGR of his college film, like he's a, he's a good motion blocker. Uh, he gets in the way he uses angle as well, but he's not a, a, a lock up and drive guy off the ball kind of thing, which I would think Burton is a little bit better at. Right. And you can use Blake Bell in those situations. But again, uh, what I go back to, and I know I already said this, but to me, if you're looking at those two and you're comparing, which one do you want? It depends on what you want in the offense. And to me, Jody Fortson gives them more because he's he can put you in a situation where you don't lose. I mean, you're going to lose some, obviously, from Travis Kelsey and Noah Gray, but he puts you a lot closer to Noah Gray than Blake Bell does when it comes to pass catching. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what, I, what I'm thinking, too, especially if we see the offense shift a bit towards running those two tight end sets where they're all legitimate targets. If if one of those guys go down, no Gray gets hurt for a week or two, or or Kelsey needs a game off, all of a sudden, if you've based your offense on that, now you have Kelsey and Bell. That's not the same thing. You can't run the same things that you run for Noah Gray if it's Blake Bell in there. Maybe you can if it's Jody Fortson because of the pass catching ability. Right. So I do think that that's something that they're going to have to look at, and I think that that's something that will continue to develop and, and, and change. We'll just have to see how they look and see what he's able to get done when it comes to preseason games because that's really when it's going to matter. I mean, you're obviously going to see him in drills. They're going to see him at training camp, and you can see that kind of stuff. But the real question is going to be what he's in the game and he's and he's really running plays and going against the defense that he doesn't know as well as he knows the defensive tendencies in Kansas City. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to is the ability to make those plays when it counts. We're going to have to see about that. And getting there, you got to make sure that you're uh, properly nutriented. I'm using that as my newest word of the week. Um, (laughs) Nutriented, huh? Yes. uh, Nutrition is important, and you can get some of that from our friends. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure you have your little daily prop that you always have. There you go. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know Bill Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, Calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories, 
only four to five grams of sugar and of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. And I promise you, you will love these protein bars. They're delicious. Order today and you can get grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar. There you go. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Then you get boxes and boxes of beef. There you go. It works well. Did you always have a snack? That tastes yeah, good? exactly. You need that. And, and it's healthy help. for you. So. And it nutrients you. <laughs> nutrients you. <laughs> That's such an interesting word. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah I'm here for you. Uh, the interesting thing is the other person that has nutrients is Lucas Yang. And lots been made about first couple of days at camp. He was a running with the twos on the left-hand side. I think clearly preparing him to be this wing. I know a lot of folks are kind of catching up to that idea, like maybe he was just demoted or something like that. I mean, it is preparation for him to have to play both sides. And I think that is very evident because he's been there since camp opened. And then Mike Remmers came up with some back spasms over the weekend. Which is problematic for offensive linemen. It's a very good point. You know, especially it's been really hot out there. So you get a little dehydrated. And I I think the back muscles especially uh, can be something that gets thrown out of whack for offensive linemen really easily. Yeah, and I do think that that's something to watch with Niang and Rimmers. It looks like they want to go with Rimmers, and I can kind of understand that if you're especially looking at a situation where you think that it's possible that Smith and uh, obviously Humphrey are going to start, then you'd basically be having three rookies on the from center to the right tackle. So um, I can see why they'd want to go with Rimmers, and I think it makes sense. Uh, I would love to see Niang play, but if they're going to have him as their swing tackle, I can't complain there either. Yeah, right. I mean, I think it's an easier transition for him to go to the swing so that he can get a little bit of experience both long-term. If everything goes to plan, Lana Brown settles in beautifully, like it appears that he is so far into this offense, and is your left tackle of the future where you don't need Lucas Niang to fill that, and eventually he can just take over the right. But he got he got a taste of it. He had Saturday's practice to be the right tackle. Now, we don't know if Remmers is going to be right back out on the field on Monday. Uh, Monday is going to be uh, also shells, as I understand it. They're not putting the pads on until Tuesday, it looks like. So maybe that's one more opportunity for Lucas to to get up to the speed. And is that enough, do you think, a couple of practice to maybe help him make that that competition more of a true competition? I think it's possible. It's really hard to know. Uh, I think that that's some definitely, like I said, like we're going to have to watch. We're going to have to see what what happens throughout the season. And honestly, the bigger question to me is, are they going to give him any reps at right tackle? Like, and I'm not talking about right now in training camp. I'm talking about when they get into preseason games. Are they going to give him a chance to play over there? Because if they continuously just put him at left tackle in the preseason games and with the second line, that to me tells me that they're in, their full intention is he's going to be the swing and he's not really challenging for a spot this year. It could be. Uh, I'm, but, I'm, you know, I'd be okay with that because if you look at what happened last year, the thing that really screwed Kansas City in the Super Bowl was you went from Rimmers, who in my opinion was playing above average, to him playing well below average when it came to a left tackle. Mm-hmm. And that's a situation you can't get back into. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. And so like, maybe the downside of if it becomes a true – competition and Lucas Yang wins the right tackle spot. Now you're right back to where that is. That if somebody goes down, Orlando twists his ankle, you're talking about Mike Rummers being the left tackle again. 
Honestly, in my opinion, I think what they would do is they'd move Rimmers to right. They keep Rimmers at right, and they put move Niang over. Yeah, and change two positions again. It seems like Andy Snake bit with that. I'm not sure he wants to do that again. Well, it could be, but I think that that would. I think that they saw what they saw last year, and I don't think they want to put Rimmers back out of left tackle unless they feel like they absolutely have to. Yeah, I'm, that's how I feel about it. That's for sure. So now here's going back to what we talked about in the first segment, really quick. That's where it becomes more interesting is if you get down to where you're down and I God, I hope this doesn't happen, but you get down Brown and you get down Niang or you get down Brown and Rimmers, what are you going to do at right tackle or what are you going to do at left tackle? That's when you're really going to be leaning on a guy like Blake Bell. But I don't think you can carry a roster spot just for that situation. Yeah, I, I still think that they're going to have to they're going to keep nine, I think, at a minimum. I think maybe they keep 10 just to have two full sets exactly for that situation where they are not caught in a, in a position where they have to try to sign somebody or, you know, maybe they're, maybe they'll squeeze somebody onto the practice squad. I can't really see it. I mean, a, a Super Bowl team loses, a, a, especially a tackle. They're going to get snapped up as far as I can say, you know, so maybe it ends up being that they're too deep all the way around right now. Uh, Wiley's running at the right tackle on the twos. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's trade bait. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But again, it's it's all going to depend on, you know, obviously, like I said, you're not going to hope, you're going to hope that that doesn't happen, but they have to be prepared for it because they dealt with it last year. So it's a big question as to how they're going to deal with it. It really is. And, and it, that's what it comes down to every time is how do you deal with what gets thrown at you? And you can't bet on where you're going to go, but you can bet at betonline.ag and get your action into the game. It's a whether great it's, transition, dude. Hey, you know, I try. Um, whether it's baseball or now football or all the strange props that you can get out there. Um, there are a ton of them. You guys should check that out over at betonline.ag, the UFC stuff. Obviously, there's a lot of sports that are going to be ramping back up after the fall. So you have a little bit of time to figure it out. Everything's about football right now. We encourage you guys to go over there and get off the sidelines and get into the game. You can head to their website from any device, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you use our code. That's locked on at betonline.ag and just put it in there uh, and you get whatever you deposit half that they add back to you to your account as a courtesy for signing up and we appreciate you using that code locked on over at betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts the other thing that i think is kind of a running theme here is the older generation of linebackers seem to be a little bit nicked up as we're going through the front end of camp in some ways, that's a concern, certainly. Um, in some ways, it's very valuable to get a lot more reps to not just Willie Gay, who is clearly right now the number two. It is Anthony Hitchens, their number one linebacker. Willie Gay is number two. When they stay out of the dime sets, where they're only running a true nickel with two linebackers, Willie Gay is the guy that's out there with Hitchens. That's a good thing. That's the kind of plays that he's capable of making, and if he's on the field, he can do it. The question is, when, when Hitch m- misses something, it's one thing. Then you have Neiman, who they're very comfortable with. Neiman actually, Mr. Pratt's tweaking his hamstring the other day. And that's when things got really interesting for me. A, are you surprised that it's that important that Neiman is out there as the, the backup to Hitchens right now? Personally, I don't want Neiman to be the backup to Hitchens. Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer that be Bolton, but it doesn't shock me that they're going in another direction because they don't really generally like to play rookies. Obviously, that's a complete different situation than what they're doing on, on, the, on the offensive line right now. Mm-hmm. But offensive line versus defensive, knowing your calls, knowing your plays, I think it's a completely different ball game. 
Uh, and so I think, you know, you look at what Willie Gay went through last year. He wasn't playing much. He knows where he's going this year. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. And I think Bolton will get there. So to me, I would rather Bolton be the backup to Hitchens, but it doesn't shock me that they've been putting Neiman in there. I just don't think he has the body or the fit for it. So it looks like he's done the opposite of what he did last year. He looked slower because I think he gained some weight. It looks like he's turned back out, and evidently he's moving pretty good from what I'm hearing. I don't know if that's enough, though. Right, but it's still it's a different position than what he's been asked to play in the past. So. Yeah. I mean, middle linebacker is supposed to be a little bit bulkier, and yeah, the speed would be great, but you need a little bit more bulk on you because you're going to be taking on blockers more than the you know your outside linebacker. So, to me, I just don't think he's a great fit there. And you know, you can make that same argument for Bolton, but that's the position Bolton played in college, and that's what he's used to playing. So he is used to using his leverage, his size to his advantage in that area. Um, so I would like to see Bolton play more, but again, it doesn't shock me that they're going this direction. Well, for me, when, when they lose him and, and Neiman's out, the best thing that happened was not only did Nick Bolton get some time with the green dot where he's calling the defense, but so did Willie Gay. And yep. we knew that Willie was going to have a long road to this point, right? But the fact that they could balance both of it, and I think eventually they'll find it where those two guys are a tandem, and it doesn't necessarily matter because I think Willie will catch up. Uh, I'm really encouraged by him being able to get out there and know the defense well enough to call for everybody else, still get them aligned, and still do his job. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a huge compliment to him from where he's come from last year. But you also have to remember, and I think that this is what really screwed him up last year, they didn't have a regular OTAs. They didn't have a regular minicamp. They didn't have regular uh, on-the-field sessions. And, you know, a lot of people will say those don't matter. Yeah, they matter when you're a rookie and you're trying to figure out this defense. doesn't matter how much board work you do. doesn't matter how much – you try to work on things on Zoom, it's not the same as walking through things on the field. And they couldn't do that last year. It was tough. And I think Willie even said that over the weekend when he was uh, with the press that, you know, like it was very much not having OTAs in particular didn't set him up. And he was starting to figure it out at the end of the year. Obviously, he had the injury. He is 100% go now, by the way. Uh, feels fully recovered and looks like it from the way that he's moving around. So, by getting him to that point and having a full off season, I think he's going to catch up. He's a little behind, but he's getting there. The question is, can you keep Hitch healthy long enough to bring him along enough to be capable if someone else has to come in? And then can he get Nick Bolton enough snaps in this preseason to feel like he's solid enough to compete? Obviously, none of them are going anywhere on this 53-man roster, but um, I think the more prepared you are, just like you said on the offensive line, you've got to have that depth particularly at this position. Well, and I'm going to throw a name out there that I think would be crazy for Kansas City not to, to at least look at at this point. KJ Wright is still sitting there as a free agent. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, the, the linebacker group is probably one of the weakest positions we have right now, especially if you're not thinking that you want Bolton or Gay. Or it looks like Gay is going to start, but it, especially if you don't want Bolton to start. Mm-hmm. You put KJ Wright in that defense. And I completely changes, I think. And yes, he's not the player he used to be, but I think he's still very good. And I think he could make something like that work. If you get an extension done with Matthew. Yeah. And that's the key to really doing any kind of signing. Now Uh, the news that Justin Houston signed with Baltimore Ravens was a little bit of a surprise. I didn't see that one coming, but a lot of folks were hoping he'd come back to Kansas city. I I knew he he wasn't coming back to Kansas city. (laughs) Well, he did the whole Instagram thing with with the Chiefs helmet on, and everybody kind of yeah. got up in an uproar. You know, 
wants and desires? I don't. I mean, where are you going to put him? I mean, I guess you could put him in there, but you just brought back Alex Okafor. You have Taco Charlton. You're five deep at a defensive end already. Yeah. What's he going to do for? I mean, I'm not saying he can't play, but and yeah, he's probably better than Okafor, maybe, but pass uh, rushing for sure. Yeah, but I mean, you're you have Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Okafor, and then you have Dana and Kando. So where are you going to? I mean, <laughs> you're just running out of of roster spots. Yeah. It's, it's and Charlton. I mean, it's just rough. It, it, I could see them even keeping six. I, I'm, I'm starting to put theories together about what I think they need to do with the 53 man. And, and I could see them keeping six ends. Yeah. I mean, do, would you want to bump Kando, try to get him to the practice squad for Justin Houston for part-time pass rusher? I'm not sure, but I mean, you could at this point, <laughs> you, right. You could. The problem is, is that do you really want to risk losing Kando? I mean, obviously he didn't produce pass rush in the, in college, but they brought him here for a reason. So if you think he's going to produce in the future, then I think you have to keep him and and take the, take your chances. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can. You know, the bigger thing to me, I think you are pretty much set at defensive end. I think you're going to be pretty much set at linebacker, regardless of whether or not I think they should add another one. The question is, is are they going to do anything at corner? Yeah. Um, you know, and honestly, you already talked about it. You already said what needs to be said. I mean, if they want to go and make a trade because there's still guys out there that possibly you could bring in, you've got to get a Matthew extension done. And I don't, to this point, I don't know why it's not done other than Tyron must be asking for being the highest paid safety in the game. And and that's just a guess on my part, Mm -hmm. but I would think the chiefs would have had it done if that wasn't the case. I I agree with you. I'm, and I'm I'm not not saying he doesn't deserve it. Right. I, I just, that's the only thing that makes sense to me is it's a money thing. I'm not concerned at this point, but I am a little surprised it's not done. Um, and at the same time, I'd be trying to get that done because Jamal Adams wants the same thing. Right. And if you let Jamal Adams beat you to the table, then now you're spending more money. In, in At the end of the day, you got to get it done. So we'll see what happens. We'll update you guys when we know something. Um, the KJ Wright thing is really interesting. We'll see if uh, Neiman's back on the field or, or if the young guys continue to get those green dot reps and, well, and who gets the bulk of them. To be clear, though, it, you only really have five linebackers. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to count. You count Doris. Yeah. Yeah, but those are guys that you don't really want playing defensive snaps. Right. Those are going to be more special teams guys. You could have Bolton and Gay run some of those special teams reps at that, at that position or Neiman even. So – you know, with Hitchens, Neiman, Gay, and Bolton, who am I forgetting? That's really your linebacker core right now. I mean, that, that, that's the four that you have to have. Yeah, and Harris, I mean, like you said, Harris, that, that'd be a fifth. Dorian O'Daniel would be a sixth. So to me, I think you have room to add there. If you want to add, mm-hmm. and, and to me, Adding KJ Wright doesn't really keep, kick Gay off the field. It kicks Neiman off the field in the base. Right. Yeah, <clears> I agree <throat> with you. And I don't think it's going the, – the problem becomes KJ's got so much experience, especially playing in the nickel with Bobby Wagner. If you have him, do you, do you then – is it almost force you to playing him with Hitch, which puts Willie a little bit farther back, which I think slows down his, his development. And I agree with that, but – to me, is that worth the chance? I think it is because I think it's 
that much better of a player, especially in your base. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> in, in the base for sure, especially if they're going to see teams like Nick Chubb just got a huge deal. We'll talk about him coming up tomorrow is because the Chiefs are going to see him early in this season. Uh, we're not going to keep you guys all day today, so we'll save that for tomorrow. But thank you for checking us out. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Get out to Chiefs camp when you can. We'd like to see you when we do. So thanks for listening to us today. Subscribe the- on YouTube. I was I was gonna I was gonna. well. Sometimes I get on a roll. I know, and I'm just trying to make sure it gets out there. So tell us where they should subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes. You can find us anywhere that podcasts are available. Uh, but go check us out on YouTube if you haven't already. Uh, go give us a subscription and go like the videos and, and comment on YouTube. Uh, we are responding as much as we can uh, on YouTube. And, you know, five-star reviews are great on, on iTunes as well. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.